Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that people want to get into God's Word. Now, we know that not everybody can be with us, and we know that even people in the Omaha area, there are some people who cannot be with us at the time we meet for Sunday morning Bible class or Wednesday night Bible class, but um, they would like to be in God's Word. We know that people listen across the country as well. Well, they obviously cannot be with us because they live in other areas. And there are people around the world who want to learn. They want to study God's Word. They want to be taught. And obviously, being in other countries, they can't be with us either. But God has blessed mankind. He's blessed the church with this amazing technology of the internet through which we can reach out literally all over the world, wherever the internet is available and people have access to it. So that's what we're doing. We teach God's word through a podcast broadcast on the internet every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night but we also do a lot more teaching. We encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And if you can help people get into God's Word by sharing these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, you can help them grow in their faith. You can help them come to God through Jesus Christ. You can help them get to heaven, perhaps. What a great blessing that would be for them and for you So make that commitment and start sharing. Now, also tell them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, click on the podcast button, sign up for our podcasting. Then they will receive to to their smart device a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily Monday through Friday radio program we call Search the Scriptures, and a a seven-day-a-week short Bible class, only about 13 or 14 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word every day, seven days a week, and we call that today's Bible class. So tell everybody about it. Take advantage of it yourselves, and again, have them sign up or enroll in our podcasting at churchofchrist.com. Again, always free, always free, and they'll automatically receive these studies to their smart device. We want to get back into our study from the book of Judges. Now, remember, when God established the nation of Israel, when he raised them up through the bloodline of Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, And then for a period of about 400, 450 years or so, they lived in Egypt, the the family of Jacob. They grew into a mighty nation population-wise. And we've said probably somewhere from one to three million at least. And somewhere along the line, the Pharaoh in Egypt that came along generations down the road after Jacob's family first moved in, you know, through the invitation of, of, of the Pharaoh there, because his son Joseph had become second in command within the, the nation of Egypt. Well, somewhere along the line, another pharaoh rose up who did not know 
Joseph did not know, you know, God, basically. And so he made slaves out of the Israelites, forced them to serve the government of Egypt. It made their lives so hard that they were praying to God for deliverance. God sent Moses and Aaron to lead them to the land that God had promised would be theirs, going back all the way to their forefather Abraham. Now, when God ultimately led them into the promised land and gave them the victory over the victories, literally numerous victories, over the people that occupied that land at that time, who were idol worshipers, did not believe in God, or at least were not faithful to God, if they had some idea of who God was, they didn't worship him, they worshiped idols. And so God told the people, drive them out or destroy them. Don't have anything to do with them relationship-wise. And the Israelites came up a little short. They fought many battles. God gave them victory after victory in those battles. And they had either destroyed or driven out most of the people of the land. But the years went by. Joshua, their leader, got old. They got I think we could say they probably got tired of fighting the battles and they had pretty well conquered the land and and put whatever peoples were still there that were not part of them under subjection, but they let them stay there. And that was exactly in violation of what God had told them to do. And so God had warned, if you let the people there stay there, if you start striking up relationships with them, then they're going to become a thorn in your side. They're going to start working on you and influencing you to turn away from me and start following their idols. And that's exactly what happened. So so Israel went through a period, a period, hundreds and hundreds of years of wishy-washiness, basically, wavering back and forth between faithfulness and dedication to God and unfaithfulness to God, worshiping idols. It took, again, hundreds and hundreds of years for them to finally put the worship of idols and turn to God completely, finally to get that set in their mindset and their lifestyles. But when we're looking through the book of Judges, we're seeing they're they're just really in the early stages of unfaithfulness to God and this wishy-washiness back and forth, up and down, faithfulness, unfaithfulness. And, and even when they were being faithful to God, most of the time they were still eh, kind of worshiping idols on the side or still had a problem with idolatry on the side. And then ultimately, after a generation or so, they would go right back into the worship of idols and turn away from God for the most part. Now, they would still blend God in there somewhere most of the time, but but that's not acceptable. You know, going back to Deuteronomy, behold, you know, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is only one God. Now, people can worship statues and idols and images and carvings and and kneel down before them and tra- pray before them and call them gods all they want, but they are not gods. They are just images. And they have no meaning except unfaithfulness to the true God. And disbelief, to a great extent at least, in the true God. Now, when the nation of Israel 
was settled, there were no kings, no physical kings of Israel. But God, over a period of time, those peoples that they did not drive out of the land, and then the surrounding peoples around their borders, they would come into Israel and they would put in subjection. They would defeat them in battle. They would put them in in subjection, at least in sections of Israel, and make them serve those peoples and those nations that were idol worshipers. Now, there were no kings in Israel at that time, but God would raise up judges to basically deliver the people from those oppressors. And so we read about Gideon, how God used Gideon to do exactly that against a massive army, massive army that that came against them and held them in subjection. And God delivered the people from those oppressors, those foreign people, those idol-worshiping nations, and gave, gave Gideon or gave the people of Israel the victory in, in a miraculous way. God used only Gideon and 300 soldiers to defeat, you know, massive army before him. But then along the line, Gideon had 70 sons, and one of his sons, Abimelech, he wanted the power. Gideon was getting older. And so Abimelech, he had assassinated all of the other sons, and he became king, basically declared himself as king. Now, he has some military victory, but ultimately he's going to have to pay. And so Abimelech is going to be brought down. God is going to bring judgment upon him. And we pick up with chapter 10. After Abimelech, there arose to save Israel Tola, the son of Puah, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, and he dwelt in Shamir in the mountains of Ephraim. He judged Israel 23 years, and he died and was buried in Shamir. Now, again, Abimelech simply took power violently and basically made himself king, but he was not God's king. And after a period of time, God brought judgment upon him and brought him down. And so now Tola is the next judge to deliver Israel. And in verse 3, after him, that is after Tola, arose Jair, a Gileadite. Now these are men of the different tribes of Israel. And he judged Israel 22 years. So Tola judged 23 years, Jair judged Israel 22 years. Now he had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They also had 30 towns, which are called Havath Jair to this day and are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried in, in, in uh, Cainan. Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, that is, idols, and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Syria, again, lowercase g, idols, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. 
So you get the impression that that probably during the the period that Tola was judged, those 23 years, and Jair was judged, those 22 years, that the Israelites stayed pretty basically faithful to God. But then after Jair died, then they, they took up wholesale idolatry. They worshiped all, these, all of these idols from these foreign peoples. Verse 7, so the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. Now, the Philistines would continue to war against the Israelites and defeat them in battle and put them in subjection, and then God would raise up a defender, a judge, or later on a king and defeat the Philistines, and they would go back and forth like that. But why, why the reason? Why the, pro- why the problem? Well, largely because the Israelites had such a struggle remaining faithful and dedicated to God. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He sold them into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years, all the children of Israel and who were, who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. So we're talking about these enemies of God's people because of their idolatry, God was bringing judgment upon them from foreign powers or through foreign powers, and they were fighting against various tribes of the Israelites. Remember, the land of Israel was divided into sections according to the tribes of Israel. In verse 9, moreover, the people of Ammon, I read that, crossed over the Jordan and so on. In verse 10, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, we have sinned against you because we have both partaken uh, because we have both forsaken our god and served the baals and so here they come to repentance again and they're going to call upon god for deliverance for forgiveness and deliverance they've been suffering under the hands of these foreign oppressors but those foreign oppressors were allowed to put them in subjection because god used them to bring judgment upon the israelites well, so now they're, they're repenting. If you stop and think, you go back and you see where they cried to God for deliverance while they were in Egypt as well. But they continued to struggle with the idolatry, the worship of idols that they had learned while living in Egypt. Well, they're still struggling with the worship of idols. So now they're calling to God in repentance for deliverance. The children of Israel cried to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you because we have both forsaken our God and served the Baals. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the people of Ammon and from the Philistines, also the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand? Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods, lowercase g, idols. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Well, 
what we see in studying the history of Israel through these Old Testament scriptures is not unique to mankind in our day. We are as fickle, basically, as they were. We have periods where people really seem to stand firm and declare their faithfulness to God and, and try to live some degree of, of righteousness, righteous lives before him. But then after a period of time, our culture shifts, the devil does his work, and we go back into, our people largely go back into unfaithfulness, worldliness, immorality, and so on, become unfaithful to God. And then something happens, and that shakes us to our senses, and we come back and, you know, turn away from that, those kinds of practices and come back and declare our faithfulness to God. But over a period of time, uh, you know, we get comfortable, and again, the devil works in the culture, and so the culture shifts its mindset, and we go back into immorality and unfaithfulness and unrighteousness and wickedness again. It's... You know, you would think that humanity would learn their lessons somewhere along the line. But we keep making the same mistakes. Now, a lot of times, it's from generation to generation. Or maybe after a couple of generations, then the next generation comes along. And they, they did not see the faithfulness, the dedication of their forefathers, their parents and their grandparents and they become unfaithful to God. They even may declare themselves as non-believers in God. Does that sound familiar? What about Judges chapter 2? That's exactly what happened after Joshua died and the elders who outlived Joshua died. The text says there arose a new generation who did not know God, did not know the things he had done in delivering the people from Egyptian bondage. Why did they not know that? I think it's logical to assume that at least to some degree, it was because the parents and grandparents got lax in teaching them about God. And so they became less dedicated to God. We need to be teaching God's word all the time. All the time in every generation. So God declares to the people here, to the Israelites, I have delivered you and delivered you and delivered you from your enemies. And yet, and yet you have forsaken me and served other gods, idols. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Go pray to those idols, those images, those statues, those carvings. They're nothing, but you've turned your dedication, your focus upon them. Well, go see if they'll deliver you. <laughs> you know, another way of saying this in, in a more contemporary way in our culture today is, uh, hey, you've made your bed. Now go lie in it. You're a creator of your own consequences. Deal with them. So God tells the people, I'm not going to deliver you. 
Go pray to those idols you've been forsaking me for us. The children, the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and the leaders of Gilead said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So the people, they put the foreign gods away from them, those idols, and they serve God. And God was ready to give them the victory once again over their oppressors. They repented. Now, where is your life right now? Do you want God's blessings without being dedicated to him? A whole lot of people do. Do you want to have God shower upon you all kinds of things that you think you need without having to serve him in a dedicated and committed way? A whole lot of people do. That's not reality, though. If you want God's blessings on a continual basis, if you want God's deliverance, if you want God's salvation through Jesus Christ, you have to come to him his way through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You have to repent of your sinfulness, and you have to seek God's forgiveness through Jesus as you're baptized for the remission of your sins. And then you begin that new life of dedication and commitment and faithfulness to God. As Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life, which is symbolic for eternal life in heaven. Hmm. Learn the lesson. We'd love to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link. You can contact us that way, or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you study God's Word and see how to come out of that lifestyle of sinfulness and ultimately condemnation and come into eternal life in Christ, having been forgiven of your sins as you were baptized into him. Let's pray. Father, help us to learn from the examples that we read in your word of people who struggled with unfaithfulness and sinfulness and wickedness and suffered the consequences but also people who recognized their error and they repented 
and came to you for forgiveness and deliverance. Help people see that you are there to deliver them right now. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.